Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Misconduct, a true crime podcast. I'm Colleen, and joining me is Eileen. How are you, Eileen? I'm good. How are you? I am good. We wanted to thank everyone for their feedback and reviews. We really love hearing from you, and we're really glad everyone seems to be enjoying the show. And if you have a moment, please subscribe. And if you have two moments, you can uh, please leave a review if you have a few minutes. That would be great. We would appreciate that. Uh, Before we get started, we do have a podcast suggestion for you. Uh, True Crime Asia, each episode, this podcast picks one crime from one country to explore cultural contexts on how the West views Asia. I highly recommend it. And so do I. (laughs) Uh, Tonight, we are talking about the disappearance of Kristen Modafferi. In June 1997, Kristen came to California to take a summer photography course, but never came home. In fact, she vanished, and her disappearance has affected change in U.S. legislation and helped create the National Center for Missing Adults. Yeah, Kristen uh, Modafferi, she was born June 1st, 1979. Uh, At this time in 97, she was 18 years old. She was from Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, very close to her parents and her sisters. She was an industrial design major at North Carolina State University. She just finished her freshman year on a full academic scholarship via the Park Foundation. And the Park Scholarship is a four-year scholarship awarded on the basis of outstanding accomplishments and potential in scholarship, leadership, service, and character. She was a member of the first class of the Park Scholars, and she was one of 25 students that were actually on this full scholarship. Yeah, and uh, Kristen and the other students were encouraged to plan an enriching summer experience, either domestically or abroad, and be prepared to share their adventures with the group of the Park Scholars on returning for their sophomore year. So Kristen researched and planned a summer of experiences in San Francisco, where she would live and work on her own. She left for the Bay Area on her 18th birthday, June 1st. She uh, found a place to live in Oakland with a roommate. She signed up for a summer photography course at UC Berkeley signed up for a dance class as well. She got a job at Spinelli's Coffee Shop, which is now called Bernie's, at the Crocker Galleria, which is an indoor, more, uh, more, indoor mall inside uh, in the financial district of San Francisco. Uh, so she was working there during the week, 7 to 3 p.m. She got a second job at Cafe Musso, located in the uh, 
Museum of Modern Art on the weekends. So she was scheduled to begin her photography classes uh, at Berkeley on June 24th, 1997. So on June 23rd, um, one day before her classes began, she was wrapping up her shift at Spinelli's. She mentioned to a coworker she wanted to go check out a near a beach that's nearby. She asked for directions to Baker Beach, which is incidentally by Land's End, um, which is both of those on the north coast of San Francisco. And it has great views. It's a very touristy area. People go there. So she left work at 3 p.m. and was never seen again. Um, upon hearing of her disappearance, her parents flew to San Francisco immediately, um, working with the police. But the police had few leads. Uh, a male coworker saw Kristen with an unidentified blonde woman on the second floor of the Galleria around 3.45 p.m. on June 23rd, which is the day she disappeared. This struck her co-worker as odd um, because she never really stuck around, he said. After, you know, she would just leave after work. She never really stuck around the Galleria. Um, the parents tried to get this woman to come forward and identify herself several times through media, but never got a response. So the police then used a bloodhound to try to trace Kristen's route the day she vanished. Uh, the dog immediately located her trail, but the police weren't sure if this was the route Kristen took on the day she disappeared or was it some other day. Um, the dog then led them to Geary Street, which is a major street in San Francisco, and it was heading towards north, uh, towards Land's End Beach. <laughs> Kristen's co-workers had said on the day that she vanished that she had talked about visiting Land's End. Yeah, and um, this is a treacherous part of the waterline. Um, it's a really beautiful view to go there, uh, but you really need to stay off the rocks. Police think that she might have fallen in because it is a dangerous place if you go beyond the keep out signs. Um, they had 28 rescues performed there in 2014, and at least one person died that same year. I know the year that I moved here, uh, I remember reading an article about these teenagers had wandered off the trail, and then when they tried to get back onto the trail to go home, they realized that the ground they were on was very unstable and kind of crumbling away. Oh, wow. So, And then this also the high tide comes in and kind of, Makes things more difficult. So they ended up having to wait out there for hours while uh, search and rescue came to get them. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty um, dangerous part. So the police, you know, think that, you know, she may have fallen. Which would make sense. Right. So Kristen's personal belongings were searched um, in her house. And there was a news, they found a newspaper ad um, from a San Francisco newspaper. And it was a, a personals ad, but friends seeking friends kind of ad, right? So it said friends, all caps, female seeking friends to share activities who enjoy music, photography, working out, walks, coffee, or simply the beach, exploring the Bay Area. Interested? Call me. <clears throat> it's unclear if Kristen posted that or she was responding to the ad. Yeah, because I was going to say that sounds like something she may have written herself, especially if she's been tasked with having, you know, a summer adventure. Right. And right. A lot of the things she enjoys, which is, uh, you know, photography and coffee and, you know, things like that. 
All records, though, from June 1997 at that newspaper were destroyed. It's it's really unclear um, when or where they were destroyed. I really couldn't find in the research of why that is. It's just all I could find is the records have been destroyed, so they don't know if she posted it or she was responding to it, so they don't know if it's um, you know relevant or not. But I think you're right. I think that sounds like... <clears throat> something she probably would have posted I'm gonna guess oh definitely I think she could have been you know she doesn't necessarily know anyone there so she's looking for people to hang out with so as with many missing persons cases there's no leads really um, but 17 days later uh, after she vanished on July 10th an anonymous call was made to a local news station KGO TV and it claimed Kristen uh, the person on this call claimed Kristen had been murdered. <clears throat> Bill McGee, an assignment editor, received the call. The caller said he knew the identities of the two women who abducted, murdered, and placed Kristen's remains under a bridge in Point Reyes area of Marin County. In Point Reyes in Marin is north of San Francisco across the Golden Gate Bridge. Mm-hmm. If you were going to dump somebody's body, I don't know why you would take it that far when the San Francisco Bay and Open Ocean are right there. Right. So detectives tracked down the two women, named by the caller, <clears throat> but de- they determined they didn't know or have anything to do with her disappearance pretty quickly. The police asked if the women knew anyone who might hold a grudge against them and falsely implicate them in this case, both women named the same person, a man named John Onuma. Uh, They were having work-related problems with John's girlfriend, Jill Lampo. They were preparing to fire Jill when John allegedly began harassing them. When police questioned John about the incident, he admitted to making the phone call uh, to the news station and just to cause problems for these two women, Just really weird, right? Am I wrong in that? <laughs> no, that's crazy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was just sort of floored by that. I'm like, really? That's that's your idea to make a call and, and implicate somebody in a murder that's <laughs> bugging your girlfriend? <laughs> like, I'm really annoyed with you, so I'm going to make some phone calls and a wild story about how you killed somebody. Okay. Yeah. So... As this case is going on, and it's not really clear when, but a a female witness came forward to the police and stated that John allegedly abused her and threatened to kill her after Kristen's disappearance. Uh, The witness said that John said to her, now you know what happened to Kristen Modafferi during their encounter. Then three other women came forward, stating that they have had violent incidents with John as well as Jill that Jill would actually lure victims to John and he would abuse them. They didn't go into great detail on what that abuse was, but it was physical from what I could find. Um, Apparently police somehow also learn, and again, it's not clear how they did, but it's just in this research, that John would meet women using personal ads in the newspaper. So there's a lot there, I feel like, that we just talked about. Because ad in her house, there was a ad. I mean, granted, it said female, you know, or friends, you know, looking for friends. But um, if Jill placed the ad trying to lure people, 
for her boyfriend. Mm -hmm. That might make sense if Kristen didn't place the ad herself. Right. And uh, if John liked to use personal ads, it would make sense if she was now helping him. Hey, just do it this way. Use this personal ad. That's how I do it, I guess. So, um, So police go ahead and search John and Jill's apartment in Oakland and discovered Jill's journal. Uh, But when they got to the pages around Kristen's disappearance, those pages were ripped out, those dates. (laughs) Uh, Jill told the police that John tore out those pages. So when they asked why, she said, and I quote, some of the stuff that was in there could come back and hurt John. Police also found a 365-day calendar with the dates of June 23rd and 24th torn out as well. And Kristen vanished June 23rd. So due to the lack of evidence and leads, and they didn't, you know, while John seemed fishy, but they really didn't have anything to hold him, uh, nobody's been charged with Kristen's disappearance, nor do we know what happened to her. And John has since moved to Hawaii. That's the last we know about him. Kristen's law was signed by President Clinton in 2000. Uh, Kristen's law helped make it possible uh, to form the National Center for Missing Adults. From 2001 to 2004, Kristen's law provided assistance to law enforcement and families in missing person cases. Uh, Of those people who were over the age of 17 and authorized $1 million per year to support organizations, including the National Center for Missing Adults. Yeah. And then in researching this case, I also found findkristen.com. And this site is ran by the uh, family friends on the, they have a case summary page and there's much of what we spoke about already. Uh, but something interesting I did find, um, was that this, family friend uh, received a phone call on June 5th, 2012 from a family member of Jill Lampo, which is John's girlfriend. Jill's uncle um, started taking notes of what his um, niece was saying when she's seemingly starting to emotionally unload on him. Jill Lampo tells her uncle that she got, quote, involved with a controlling man who convinced her to assist in an unspeakable kidnap and murder. And that's just really interesting, too. So, I mean, you have nothing that's going on with this case. It's been years. I mean, we're talking, so we, you know, have Kristen's Law, that was 2000, and then 12 years later, the person who runs the family's website gets a call from Jill's uncle, family member, saying, hey, she called me and said this. (laughs) Well, I think this case is so bizarre because you have these, like, I mean, the suspects in the case, right, are so weird, I guess, for Mm -hmm. lack of a better term. John and Jill are, I mean, first of all, John has already falsely implicated two other people he was annoyed with in her disappearance. And then they find out, oh, well, actually, he likes to have his girlfriend, you know, hunt down women for him to abuse. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, 15 years later, Jill is having some sort of, like... Breakdown. Breakdown and and almost confessing to something. and Which I think is pretty, you know, possible. Uh, Yeah, it's only so long you... 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. You can hold something like that in if you weren't, you know, you were just doing it for the person or, you know, you were talked in. I mean, I want to say you're talked into it like it's peer pressure, but, you know. Well, I think it's just so with like the details of this case so strange, I'm surprised it wasn't investigated more. Yeah, it seems a little odd, especially with those two. But then again, I guess if they couldn't really, I mean, it's all sort of circumstantial. Okay, we're missing diary pages or we're missing, you know, calendar pages. But um, yeah, it doesn't seem much more was really done. Yeah, I'm just surprised they weren't looked at harder, I guess. You know, (laughs) I mean... Or with more resources dedicated to, because the whole thing is so strange. Like just reading about it, I'm just like the entire time I was just thinking, like this is bizarre. And how did you know him to call about or to say to call the news station? I just think that that is. I mean, it's it's odd to do that in general, but you know, I think with so many missing cases, and I think especially Kristen's probably wasn't all over the news. Yeah, I was gonna say that was their first lead in 17 days. Right. So nobody has anything to say. And then this guy, you know, probably scant news coverage, right? Like they're not, it's not front page. Right. Every every night, right? Not like the leading news story. So it's like, how did he know? Unless, I guess he just happened to see it maybe, but it's just not, yeah, it's, it's. It just seems like too much of a weird coincidence that he's like, well, I'm going to pick this. I'm, you know, I'm completely uninvolved, but I'm going to pick this crime and then to frame these people. I just, something about it is just so strange. And then Point Reyes, too, to be like, it's very, under a bridge in Point Reyes, it's like a very particular place. But I couldn't find if they actually went to Point Reyes at all. So that's another thing that was sort of frustrating with this case, because I feel like, you know, you have a lot of information in a sense because you have like all these websites and things like that. But at the same time, not a lot of information to see on the investigation side you, of things. Right. Yeah. Well, I wonder if when they when the police, they being the police, discovered that there was no connection between the women that John implicated and Kristen, that 
they maybe didn't bother checking out the lead. Yeah. Which is possible. Very possible. Yeah. Because they just figured the entire lead was bad. Mm-hmm. So it was like, yeah, not a lost cause there. That's, yeah. And then this, I, I also can't get over the call, you know, in 2012, that's 15 years later. Mm-hmm. I, did he, did Jill's uncle, you know, what did he do with that information? He gave, so he called, so on June, um, so actually on June 5th is on 2012, um, that's when the person who's running the Fine Kristen site received the call from the uncle. Oh, really? Right. So, but he had just talked to her. He didn't say, but he got a call. So he, then he called. So the uncle called the guy running the site. So basically, just basically called the family, right, who's running this fine Christian site. Um, and he said, I got the call from my niece saying this. <clears throat> and nothing's really been done with that information from what I can find, other than it's up on the website. But, um, yeah, so then he... He called the guy and said, my niece called me and said this. And I started taking notes when I realized it was becoming such a serious, you know, conversation. And yeah, like an did. emotional dump. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh. So we'll actually have a link to that uh, website on our blog post. But uh, definitely, definitely interesting. So Kristen's family and friends are very active, obviously, for the search Uh in their search for her. Um, you know, the Kristen Foundation actually works with the family and they'll put up billboards every so often in San Francisco. They, you know, have you seen me billboards? Um, findkristen.com seems to be updated very regularly, uh, which is nice. And there's also a GoFundMe uh, page uh, active and that was set up uh, not that long ago in 2015. So the GoFundMe was set up to raise money for a soil sampling at Kristen's apartment. From what I can tell, I think that that the family is just interested in pursuing any and all leads, Mm -hmm. since I think there's some glaring gaps in the investigation. So a retired police officer named Paul Dosty offered his cadaver dog, Buster, um, to see if he could, quote, alert to any human decomposition at the 274 Jane Avenue property, which is the property that Kristen rented back in 1997. And on June 25th, 2015, this, you know, search took place and Buster did in fact alert in the basement of the home. And Paul has 100% confidence that Buster's alert is in fact of human remains. To confirm that soiling sample would be the next step to establish the date of the human remains. And if those remains are in the neighborhood of like 18 years... Uh, it's a very strong indication that the remains, Kristen's remains, could maybe be buried in somewhere near the apartment or in the basement of the home. Right. And the last update we have on this effort is from two months ago, which is a very long ago. And according to the GoFundMe update, um, and I'll quote from that, at first, OPD, which is Oakland PD, was not interested in this lead. Then the media got involved, and within hours, OPD was literally at 274 Jane Avenue, uh, including the higher-ups. At that point, they became interested and took over all aspects of the investigation and have asked retired Detective Paul Dosti and Dr. Arpad Voss to politely step back and allow them to do what needs to be done. That was June of 2015, 
Since then, nothing but non-producing assurances from the Oakland PD. And that kind of leads me to believe more that, like, there are some gaps in the investigation and maybe the police are catching on that there were some gaps in the investigation. Mm -hmm. So now they're kind of, it's up to them to try and figure out what happened because since they're not, the family is very motivated to try and figure it out. Even to this day. Yeah, I mean, try to figure it out. So, yeah, I'm wondering that, too, because wouldn't, they have searched the home before, right? Like, well, why? I'm sure they searched the home. I'm wondering how in With depth the they searched the home. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I'm just, um, yeah, it's just kind of crazy. But we'll have a link uh, to that GoFundMe page on the website oh, as yes. well. So, you know, again, with these missing person cases, you know, it's always... You know, there's a lot of maybes, a lot of what ifs, a lot of speculation. Yeah, and a lot of unknowns. Um, it's really sad. I, I can't imagine um, the pain the family's going through. Your daughter's in college, doing really well, and goes off to have an adventure and doesn't come home. But um, you know, some of the the main theories I think we can glean from here is, I mean, I guess maybe, she, like the police said, maybe she fell off the rocks at Land's End, but. I just think somebody would have seen that or she would have washed. So do I. I that place is, gets a fair amount of foot traffic. Um, it's entirely possible. Like if we're just going to discuss, you know, theories of what could possibly happen, mm-hmm. it is possible that she fell off the rocks and maybe nobody saw. And, you know, those the waters on that side of the peninsula are turbulent it is yeah the bay it's San rough Francisco bay yeah it's really rough but it's not it's no new part arbor or anything it's it's no. pretty serious if you get dragged out there yeah um but i just feel like it is such a touristy area that i'm gonna assume somebody would have seen 3 p.m on you know a random day i there would be someone else there mm-hmm. if it was you know 11 o'clock at night Okay, that would make more sense that she would slip in and nobody else would see it. But, I mean, I've been to Land's End a handful of times and never been there alone. Right, yeah. So I would probably say not. Um, now, John Anuma okay. and Jill Lampo had something to do with it. You know, what really does it for me, I don't know why it is this, but it's the, the bit of evidence where they got rid of the... Uh, journal entries and then mm-hmm. their calendar from the days that she went missing to me that's super just sticks with me strange yeah and then you have the the police asking her why and she says well that would be bad for john like he tore them out because it would be bad for him and it's i mean i guess legally what could they really do but it's just wow you know <laughs> it, it, <clears throat> it couldn't kind of and then to have him make that phone call and, you know, okay, of all the cases that you could have picked, of all the things you could have said to harass these women about because they're picking on your girlfriend, you're picking a, 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 a missing person, which you're now, you know, basically saying who's murdered <laughs> and buried somewhere up in, in Northern California. Yeah, you're really digging a hole for yourself, right? Yeah. Like, th- this warrants, I feel like, at least a second or third look at John... And Jill. and Jill, because they're just... And then you have the women who are stepping forward saying, hey, we, you know, we've been abused by this guy. Um, 
And again, I don't know legally really what much else maybe the police could have done. I mean, they searched their house. They clearly, you know, either with their permission or a warrant, um, they searched, and that's how they saw the missing, you know, pages in the of the uh, journal and then also the calendar. But, um, you know, obviously they, they, they just didn't have enough to hold them. They, that's what it came down to. Um, but I just really, that to me, I just feel like they had, and, and then you have the call. Let's not forget the call. Oh, and of course the so, call. Right. So just, you know, Jill's uncle called the person who runs the Fine Kristen website in 2012 and said, my niece Jill called me and was unloading on me emotionally and said that a man, you know, basically roped her into committing a horrible kidnap and, and murder. And I think for the uncle to contact Kristen's website means that he probably puts some level of stock into what Jill was saying, right? Right. Yeah. Like, and on some level, he must believe what she's saying. And, you know, who knows? I guess they would probably know. I was going to say, and why did he know to call the, and look for findkristen.com and contact them? But I guess they probably would have known. Well, I'm, I'm sure they're, like, aware of who each other is, right? Because yeah. Yeah, they've Jill yeah. and John have been tied up in this case for 20 years. So, right. um, so I, you know, again, no, the police didn't have enough to say they did it or anything. But I just feel like, you know, if all that rings true, especially with the call, um, controlling man equals, in my opinion, somebody who would then, you know, like I said, those other women saying he abused him. I mean, I would probably say they had something to do with it. If I were going to put money on this and, you know, ruling out, you know, just a random victim of another circumstance, I feel like you always have to include that with a missing person. Yeah. I know we included it with Sneha. Um, mm-hmm. Just, you know, random circumstance. Because yeah. you never know. You Something never know. Could have happened because there was that blonde woman. So that's, you know, f- forget about that. She was last seen by a co-worker with a blonde woman on the second floor of the Galleria. Um, well... You know, but could that could have been maybe a somebody who worked on the second floor? She of could have ran into somebody and just struck up a conversation with him, sure. with her, and then the coworker saw them, just happened to see them, and think they're oh, they must be together. Or, yeah. Oh yeah, that could be any number of things in a mall in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I mean, true. So, but like you said, it could always be a victim of just circumstance. Maybe she did go by herself to Lands End to Baker's Beach and you know go check it out and ran into the wrong person you just never know if i'm putting money on this though i would say that john and jill know something or were culpable in something yeah absolutely i would absolutely agree with you so we wanted to give a description and where to call if anybody does have any information of her whereabouts yes um so kristen Matafari, she's been missing since june 23rd 1997 she's 5'8 uh, 140 pounds dark brown hair dark brown eyes she has distinctive dimples she was last seen leaving Spinelli's coffee which is now Bernie's uh, coffee shop in San Francisco California if you have any information concerning this case you can contact the Oakland Police Department and their phone number is 510-238-3641 
And uh, that wraps us up for today. Thank you for joining us. Uh, We wanted to give a special shout out to the Blank Tapes who do our intro and outro music. It's great and we love it. Uh, Please visit our website, misconductpodcast.com, to leave your thoughts and comments on today's case. Like we say, any links to further reading or information will be on there as well. Uh, Misconduct is available on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. And you can also visit our Facebook and Instagram pages. And the links for those are on our website. As always, if you'd like to email us suggestions for an upcoming episode, please feel free to do that on pretty much any of our social media platforms. So we will see you next time. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.